What's up, all you hitchhikers? Mikey and Bub here for another episode of the Strange Road Detours. Hello. This week, we have another good one for you. It is, we're going to be covering the Ohio Grassman and Friends, uh, other weird cryptids here from our state of Ohio. And, uh, Bub, we got a good one today. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, um, you know, what we like to dabble in. Yeah. So it's kind of fun that we're dabbling in a little more. And uh, one of the kind of common themes that I think of is that, you know, strange creatures aren't anything new. We we hear about them, you know. Um, they're made mention of in, in different articles or, or cited. It's tough to say whether some of them are true or not, but it doesn't mean that people aren't seeing something in a certain respect. Um, but, you know, just imagine if you were the person uh, to to spot something that was, you know, previously unseen or unknown. How do you grapple with that? How does your mind digest that? I mean, you know, some people see a, a shooting star and they've never seen one before. They don't know what they're seeing. There's all kinds of occurrences like um, that are very easily mistaken or just kind of misconstrued. Yeah, and people's memories are horrible too. Yeah. When it comes down to it. Yeah. The people that have seen certain things, the in your mind, the you have a memory of a memory. So right. firsthand right. accounts get kind of weird, but with this, you have such a volume of sightings of these type of creatures here in Ohio, and we're going to get into we're going to get into that. Yeah, uh, many different variations and names, even regionally here, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, that's that's one of the really uh, kind of wild parts of it is how it ties in. You know, you hear one instance here in Ohio, and I'll use here as a vague example. Just think of the center and here is somewhere from there. But you hear these different stories spread around the state, but they all bear a lot of the same similarities. Yeah. There's, you know, some pretty reliable witnesses. Yeah. Um, Police officers. Let's let's make one little side note, too. This is yeah. before there's a lot of um, widespread communication other than publication. Right. right, newspapers. Newspapers. Maybe a news article on the local news. Right, right. So a, a very different style of presenting, too. Today, it's, you know, you've got to sift through quite a bit. Yeah, there's so much. And even then, it's, it's, it's really tough to figure out what you're looking at sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what we're talking about today, too, though, is we're talking about specific sightings, reliable people. And they're not seeing, you know, oh, it's a big bird or uh, a bigger than normal fish, something like that. I mean, they're seeing something completely unexplainable yet, you know, there it is right in front of them. They scream at it, it goes away. Um, there's physical evidence in the ground. Um, some of the cryptids we're going to be looking at today uh, have some interesting names as well. And uh, one of the first creatures we're going to talk about is the Ohio Grassman. We're also going to be talking about the Minerva Monster, the Cedar Bog Monster, and... Um, just kind of think of them like relatives, if you will. Um, and then we're also going to talk about uh, kind of an interesting one. I don't know what to make of it yet. I mean, <laughs> kind of new to the uh, lore of the Loveland Frogman. But, uh, hey. And just a note, as we were kind of digging into this, we realized that the, the Ohio Grassman, in a lot of ways, is sort of like a umbrella term for our yeah. Bigfoot yeah. here. And so the Minerva Monster, the the cedar bog monsters, these are Bigfoot. 
they're Sasquatch. Right, they're, right. All the descriptions are similar, you know, six to 10 feet tall in right. some cases, uh, varied colors and so forth, which we'll get into all that. Um, and then the Loveland, blah, the Loveland Frogman. It's not easy to say. It's kind of its own weird thing. And if you haven't been to Loveland, Ohio, it's it's beautiful. It's, it's along the Little Miami River. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. I don't think um, I've ever been there, but I'm it's a have beautiful to look at it. area. It wouldn't be surprise me if there was a huge frog like living somewhere in some river ravine. Um, it's a, it's an interesting place. So <laughs> you got me there. I'm I'm, I'm interested <laughs> yeah. in just that sentence. Yeah, let's man. get out of it. So let's lay the foundation of kind of where a lot of these sightings happen. So there's a certain area here in Ohio that's known as the Grassman Triangle. Um, there's a guy named Don Keating that kind of coined the term the uh, Sasquatch Triangle. And uh, we'll get into Don a little bit later too. So basically it's this area that it covers a few counties here in Ohio. It's on the sort of the south, uh, eastern, um, eastern and northeastern area of Ohio, which is heavily forested, a lot of lakes, a lot of rivers. Um, Good and, place to be. Yeah, small towns, fairly rural Um and so it's uh, quick note. Ohio is second after the um, the American Northwest area of of Oregon and and Washington State and Northern California. So in in sightings, Ohio is second after uh, is really fourth behind really? those two states. Yeah. So there's a ton of sightings here in wow. Ohio, and we actually have the most Bigfoot researchers of any state as well here in Ohio. There we go. So there's so many sightings that you uh, see a, a lot of researchers sort of in this small area and uh, the, the the triangle where these guys do a lot of their work is um, in Coshocton County near Coshocton and um, it's Conesville area is where a lot of some, some famous sightings actually and uh, Muskegon County, um, Tuscarawas, am I butchering that? Tuscarawas County, which is a uh, town yeah. uh, near a town called, is in the county, uh, this town, Newcomer's Town. And uh, another one is Guernsey County, which is where this uh, Salt Fork State Park. So there's okay. a, a lot of sightings around the Salt Fork State Park. It's, it's, I think, the largest state park we have here in Ohio. And wow. um, it's just north of Cambridge. And uh, there they have several areas within that park. One's called Morgan's Knob, Parker's Road, which they call the Buckeye Trail, and then Bigfoot Ridge. So in this Salt Fork State Park, they have a lodge there. And in the lodge, they have this giant carving of a, a huge wood carving of a, of a Sasquatch. So the local <laughs> like area... Like purported life-size? Uh, it's, it's pretty huge. Yeah, I saw uh, a man with his kid next to it, and it was, you know... It was a big one, it's a, yeah. But wow. uh, it was really cool. Um, so the the community around these areas have really embraced. Well, at least in the Salt Fork uh, State Park area, Cambridge. Right. Um, you can find that on the visitors guide to the Guernsey, uh, Gurney, Guernsey, yes. Guernsey, yeah, Guernsey County. Yeah. Sorry about that. You're good. Um, and so it's uh, in 2012, the Salt Fork State Park was named one of the U.S. top 10 squatchiest places in America. So that's something to note there. Um, it also holds 
has held several Bigfoot conferences uh, over the years. And um, one of those conferences it, it was called the Annual Bigfoot Conference, and uh, which I think became later became the Ohio Bigfoot Conference. Um, this guy, Mark, um, sorry, Don Keating, he started the Annual Bigfoot Conference in I believe 1989, wow. and then they moved it to Salt Fork in 2005, and then he kind of handed the baton off to um, Mark DeWorth. And he's been running it ever since. And I believe now it's called the Ohio Bigfoot Conference. And uh, that's something here, the strange crew. We, we got to get to that. I was about to say, is this annual? It was in. It's. It was May 2nd. I believe it's been moved to August COVID. 12th, 14th, something like that. We'll have to fact check that. Um, yeah, I'd love to give a, a shout out to the Ohio Bigfoot Conference. If you have anything going on in August, go check that out. Yeah. And the Salt Fork National uh, State Park is beautiful from what I've heard. And uh, I've been in and around that area uh, of, of Cambridge, and I, it's it's gorgeous out there. Um, now you're recoining the term squatchy. Yeah, it's, it's into a, beautiful. It's a squatchy. It's fairly <laughs> squatchy. So the squatch, he likes <laughs> he likes the beauty too. So one thing about this area is just the habitat. So it's the hills of the Appalachian Plateau. Yeah. So you got a lot of lakes, rivers, streams, deep ravines. You have where, terrain that. Yeah. Kind of as let's use the metaphor of people in the water trying to swim. Right. Would be the equivalent to if a squatch was chasing you or if a squatch lived in this terrain, it could go across it like a four-wheel drive, yeah, you know, it gets, bulldozer. And, you know, people fly over state, you know, Ohio. And right. so people don't really know the the real terrain of Ohio mostly is covered in forests and woods and right. is, um, you know, most of the population is in Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati. Yeah. And, uh, but the... Eastern part of Ohio is just beautiful forest yeah. streams, so many state parks, wildlife. Um, there's a population of deer. There's just deer everywhere out there. So if there was something out there, there, according to some people, there is the habitat to support a creature. Absolutely. Potentially. And who Absolutely. knows? Um, so we talked a little bit about already. We mentioned uh, Don Keating. And he's an interesting, interesting guy. And uh, Don, if this finds you, we would love to reach out to you at some point and get you on the show. Absolutely. Um, he wrote a book. He self-published a book called The Sasquatch Triangle. And then I believe it was republished in 2001. And it's The Sasquatch Triangle Revisited. And I uh, can't seem to find that anywhere for sale. I definitely was looking to purchase that before the episode. And, and I just can't find it. No anywhere. digital? Mm -mm, just could not find it. Um, if anybody's got the hookup on that, let us know. Library. Uh, yeah, I guess it's like 84 pages. He's got some huh. drawings in there, some reports uh, early on when he uh, kind of came into the fold in Newcomerstown, yeah. Ohio. Yeah. And, and uh, he started getting into it, um, I think, in the early 80s. And then in 1984, he saw an article that was written in this Newcomerstown um newspaper. Okay. And then he just decided to go ahead and head to Newcomerstown and and started connecting with people there. A lot and like John Keel going down to see the Mothman, just yep. this little tug it's, or pull yep. of inspiration, if Absolutely. you will. Okay. Um, and so um, Don 
Don was also on uh, the History Channel show Monster Quest, which we'll get into that. Okay. Um, and so he is, and he started the Eastern Bigfoot, I'm sorry, Eastern Ohio Bigfoot Investigations Organization. Right. So he's been at this for quite a while. Um, in 1985, he started having meetings in Newcomer's Town and asking people if they had seen anything, seen some strange creatures, and, and people started coming forward. And this meeting was picked up by uh, regional newspapers and also the AP. So how big did it start? Like well, he size just, gatherings maybe? Well, he just kind of like a town hall. Okay. And, and put it out there and, and it got around the community. Hey, this is word you, of mouth too. If you've seen anything, and I don't know if they posted in the newspaper, right? I mean, I would know, find that. Don't get mad at me if I got that wrong, but um, it's... Could, I guess, could yeah. have been. Put up but, a marquee sign somewhere. Yeah, so I'm not sure how he got everybody to come to this meeting, but um, eventually he started kind of becoming the guy and even now, you know, if you have a, a sighting, he's kind of one of those guys that you go to and and um, and report your sighting to. And he's seems uh, kind of like a lightning rod of, uh, of yeah of that realm. Yeah, and we have a, a lot of really, really intelligent, very smart guys that are researching Sasquatch here in Ohio. Don's just one of them. Right. Um, the, there's a, like I said earlier, we have a whole lot of these investigators and a lot of them go and talk at this, these conferences that are held out at Salt Fork. Um, so God, we got to go be, check out. Oh some yeah, of those. man. We get, we definitely, uh, I remember that coming on the radar last year, Yeah, but we had a shoot or something popped up me and, um, Stone and TJ and we were all, and we were talking about, Hey, let's go to this Bigfoot yeah. conference. Um, I mean, think about how many people are actually really into it that you, you maybe only hear a percent like ourselves talking about something like right. this. I mean, not saying that's not being talked about on other, you know, um, media and things like that. I'm sure a lot of different people have. I mean, there's a whole podcast dedicated just to Sasquatch. We're doing right. a detour to it. But yeah, I mean, so there's a strong community. Oh, yeah. But imagine if you started going to some of those and actually hearing from people who maybe normally don't talk out right. about it too. Right. I think that would be very... Gotta, there's got to be a, a decent amount of uh, skepticism of wanting to come out and say something. Now that you say that, I want to let people know if you have had a sighting and you would like to share it with us, yes. hit us up, DM us on, uh, at The Strange Road yes. on Instagram, hit us up on Facebook, and uh, we'd love to you know, get your story out there yeah. if you were willing to talk. Um, we like to talk, but we also like to listen. Yeah, I'd love to be able to conference someone in and share their story on the show. Yeah. Um, that could be you know, on the the primary strange road podcasts maybe that's something we could explore on there but again yeah. if anybody's had any of these sightings in uh southeast ohio eastern ohio hit us up we want to hear from ohio, you. we want to hear from yeah we'll, we'll get into that that's the boggy all around the bog creek monster uh, which is near obana and, and bell fountain uh, yeah. was amazing things happening there um so there's a lot of other areas too with Bigfoot sightings, like Cuyahoga Valley National Park, um, Minerva. So in Minerva, that's where the the Minerva monster, and we'll really dive into that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, that was in, uh, started in 1978. Yeah, and the then Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Mm -hmm. That I've been there. I don't know how many times my wife would know, but I've hiked it quite a few, and it is. Yeah, it's out. I mean, it's it's a nice park. It's not you know 
paved trails, this, that. I'm sure they're right. there. But the one we were on, we were in between like two cut walls of a stone that then had like glyphs on it or like engravings mm. wow. from I don't know when. Mm. But yeah. Petroglyphs. It's a, yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, that was just like one random day of hiking if you actually spent time and oh, searched for those, huge. you know, little secret spots or like the the, the places. That's I mean, buddy. everybody knows the spots. That's my buddy Chris's like special place. He's from uh, Parma. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, he, he, uh, that's the park. Yep. That's it. Nice. And then from there, we went to Minerva. Yeah. So Minerva. And then, like we mentioned earlier, Newcomer's Town. Yeah. Um, that's where I believe, uh, uh, I believe that's where this sighting of a nine to ten foot tall white Sasquatch was Seems uh, like reported, and I believe it was a police officer also that reported that. That gives credence. and I guess he could tell from the size of it because it was standing next to a stop sign, and so this he was almost a foot taller than the stop sign, and so I believe that was uh, one of the early sightings that Don Keating. Ended up uh, getting that story from somebody. Huh. Um, and uh, yeah, so you have the Cedar Bog Monster, which we talked about, all over Northeast Ohio. Um, in Southern Ohio as well, Wayne National Forest, another Been big, there. big, big forest. That's Squatch Haven. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of sightings from the 1800s and early 1900s were in Northeastern Ohio, I guess. Uh, more like the Sandusky area. And then, you know, I think... Big body of water. Y- yeah. It's, and that's uh, marshland up there. Right. So that's all fish, Bigfoot's game. bathtub. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and so, you know, as the cities, Cleveland and all these kind of suburbs start pushing out into the wilderness and the suburbs and strip malls and everything else kind of takes over. Right. You, you sort of start seeing the siding shift from the northeastern part of the state to now, which is Minerva, Coshocton. Yeah, yeah. Um, Urbana. Urbana. Um, All down the Little Miami River? Well, the Little Miami is the Frogman. Well, let's see. It wasn't the Miami River. It was another one. It's it's the one that runs from um, Bell Fountain to Dayton. I can't remember if it's the year. That or. might be the Little Miami River. That's something a big river. of that nature. But you know, just with the water flow, that too. You know, mm-hmm. look where if it is being pushed from one area to the next, you're looking for resources. Be, of, yeah, you need that water exactly. And big there's, one. You know, rivers and streams and um, the ones in Minerva, which we'll we'll get into that. But it's like in the strip mine area. Yeah. So it's like an abandoned strip mine and there's water in there. So people fish. Um, there's people that have been kind of hanging out like kids and then just get pebbles or rocks start getting thrown at them when they're in this area. Right. And so there's a lot of, um, you know, again, water, um, forest water. Yeah. Um, it's in these areas really where nobody's, no people are, um, are all that much. Right. So, um, so let's get into let's get into some of the history, okay, of of the Grassman or the Minerva Monster, the the Bigfoot of Ohio, um, and uh, it's also found in eastern Pencil, uh, western Pennsylvania, Kentucky. There's sightings, West Virginia, and um, so in the 1700s, it was documented. Some of the indigenous tribes. Um, talked about the the grass man 
um, and spoke about a race of bipedal ape men is how they described them and referred to them as wild ones of the woods. Okay. I like that term. And they lived nearby and they claimed uh, their stories uh, that they would leave food out for them and in in an effort to sort of keep the peace. So they kind of had this relationship with them instead of, you know, now modern days, one of the issues with when the Minerva monster and some of those stories started coming out is you had all these dudes running down there with shotguns. Right, right. You're not bringing it, you know. I'm going to get headlines on the the New York Times and I'm going to make myself famous. People still want to make a rug out of Squatch. Yeah, exactly. Which is, I mean, it's... Clearly shows signs of being a conscious being, not just an animal. Um, that it shows intelligence, so, right? You know, it's uh, well, it's I, a little strange. You know the argument on that, right? Just to be able to prove it, it's like either you have to get you, you know the Jack sh- Leaks beef jerky or, to get Squatch into the into <laughs> the lab, him, trap him live, yeah, just or so you're you going to shoot him. him, right? And so, I got the evidence. Bigfoot's real, right? Now that you've turned it into a prize-winning tournament, I mean. Old Squatch, he's he's got to be <laughs> care, more careful than ever out there. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's that's one of that's an interesting difference that you bring up between the way that it was broached, you know, 150 years ago to now. Yeah, um, yeah, because sightings were the first of not Native Americans, but colonial people, people moving from the East Coast through the Ohio Territory. That dates back 150 years. Right. And the first sighting was in 1869. But let's presuppose then that there were sightings mm-hmm. by the indigenous for Yeah, they had a long time. It was time. just like, hey, that's the guy in the woods. That right. was just their neighbor, essentially. Just maybe fully integrated accounts, into their everyday kind of like mindset rather than a phenomenon. It was like a known obscure encounter and what's sad is the these indigenous uh accounts of all these strange animals whether it's the skinwalkers or bigfoot or the thunderbird to them these are real animals sure this is not mythology no this is not a legend for them this is like saying you know the local university saying bigfoot's not real and the native american populations are saying hey we've known about the yowie and the sasquatch and right. all these variations all through america i think the only state that doesn't have a bigfoot sighting is hawaii so you have 49 states where Again, pretty strong been, evidence there and it's you know a lot of like a lot of its firsthand accounts though it's eyewitness accounts which in a court of law are extremely shaky in I know, that but regard. It still shows some and, serious you know. And the uh, argument is, where's the video? Where's the photos? So a lot of video that's been captured and the photos and they're just grainy. You know, people aren't rolling with gear like what we have. I'm just know, saying from the with, aspect of nobody's even made a verbal report and tried to embellish a story in Hawaii. That yeah. kind of gives credence to the fact yeah. that maybe people that are making the claims and reports aren't making them up, especially yeah, when sure they, you know, stand by their stories. Are, some of them are total horseshit. No Absolutely. doubt about it. Absolutely. You know, but when you if, have police, let me tell you police officers and, 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 you know, in the case of the this Minerva monster in 1978, right. this family didn't want the entire national news coming down to their you know, to the Paris Descend Township. Yeah, exactly. Right. So 
We'll get into that. I think with it's a lot a of genuine story. stories, that is kind of the feeling is yeah. people, A, never really ask for it. Mm-hmm. B, never ask for the, you know, aftermath that would come. Right. And then, and then you know, what did I go with A, B there? <laughs> C, what do they do going forward? Yeah. Because, I mean, there's kind of like, you know, some, some people get marked for life by, you know, becoming a, we talked about Woodrow Derenberger last week. Yeah. Or not last week, but in the last episode with the Mothman. Yeah. Didn't turn out so well for him. No, Derenberger had a rough life. And that's <sighs> reminds me of this Caton family, which we'll get into. Yeah. And um, all wow. those folks, I, I feel for them, definitely. I mean, they had a lot of courage to come out and talk about this stuff. And right. even, um, you know, giving interviews even recently on a documentary that we'll, we'll talk about that too. Okay. Um, and so the origins of the Grassman name come from a couple different things that we found. Yeah. The origin of the Grassman is that he ate tall grasses or yeah. had been seen eating wheat from farmers' fields. And creating nests. And then out of so tall grass. the nest is the second uh-huh. one where they've seen these weird shelters. That are made from these. So they're like like weaving. Thatch igloo. Yeah, they're like these. Like a mud They're like yurts. They're like grass yurts. They're circular in shape. Like a really Um, flat beach ball. Yeah, there's (laughs) not. They're not. That's how they're described. The photo we saw. Yeah. It didn't look overly large as far as height-wise. You wouldn't think that that there was somebody standing next to it. I could get a better idea of how big that thing is. I'm estimating There's no scale. Yeah. So there's nothing in the photo other than a bunch of trees and grass. And I don't know how far that tree is away or how big right. that diameter of that tree is. Well, let's just even say it, maybe... It looks small to me in the photo. What it's if, like there ain't no seven, eight foot tall creature hanging out in that thing. Let's say it this way. Sasquatch isn't that, you know, fancy. All he wants is a little <laughs> well, dirt. Of course. Basically, it's like a giant sleeping bag for Sasquatch. There you go. Maybe it's just super insulated and what it, that's all it is. You know, he's what, not going to stand up in it. Maybe, maybe he's just getting in that little... Well, let's jump Opening. species here to turtles. What do they do in the wintertime? They crawl up these, you know, slides that they have in the sides of the water. They just Are you admitting these. that Sasquatch is a real species of animal? I mean, I don't know for certain. <laughs> but if he is, that's his sleeping bag, is that little burrow. I'm going to say that because, I, I mean... I, I'll have to ask you, are there are there a lot of sightings or have there been a lot of sightings with multiple Sasquatch yeah. ones? Yeah, so, okay. smaller ones, which they perceived as children. So maybe the Sasquatch sleeping bag slash hut domicile is, you know, maybe they, um, let's, let's say it multiple ways. Maybe he was single or she, or they uh, kind of spread out until they start making their, you know. So Because yeah. I would think you would see more than one. At a spot, they seem to be in more here in Ohio, uh, in you know the uh, in Washington State, California. A lot of those sightings are single Bigfoot. So one, yeah, there's seen one, one at a here time here in Ohio. I guess a lot of the sightings are multiple women, children, big males, uh, wow. all kinds of different colors too: gray, white, brown, uh, blackish brown. Um, so. A lot of different, you know, seven to 10 foot tall, 15 to 20 inch footprints, pigeon toed, which I thought was kind of weird, flat footed. Pigeon toed, huh? 350 to 800 pounds, growls, barks, breathes heavily, screams loud, like yeah. a woman's screech uh, at night. You know, I've listened to some of the vocal screams, recordings. Wide shoulders, bipedal. 
um, hair covering the face. Yeah. So like literally hair right down to the eyebrows and then coming all the way up to the lips. So yeah. it's hard to kind of see um, what they look like underneath all that hair. You ever seen a uh, special services uh, operator wearing a ghillie suit? Yeah. yeah. I mean... And people fake a lot of Bigfoot videos with those ghillie suits. I can imagine. Yeah. But let's say for the Sasquatch's integumentary system, that wrath of hair not only is unkempt and wild looking, <laughs> but also serves as a very nice way to break itself up visually in the medium of the forest. Right. It just stops moving. Because I'm going to well, say this. I mean, I've they, seen bear yeah. in the wild. Mm -hmm. And the, the animals can right be in. right in front of you. Yeah, you they don't, blend right in. Mm -hmm. It's not Nat Geo. It's right. not framed in a you know a picture. So there again, that uh, that description of its overall appearance and size, yeah, it's big. But, I mean, again, if you're in a forest, I mean, have you been to big, big forests too? I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's really get. It's hard to get scale when you're looking out into the, yeah. you know, in-betweens of those trees. Yeah, like Yosemite, out. you go to some yeah. of those kind of places. Yeah. Um, well, even in Wayne National Forest. Yeah. That's a, that's a big forest. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Huge. So, let's get into the Minerva Monster. Okay. So, one of our sources for the Minerva Monster is uh, shout out to Seth Breedlove and uh, Small Town Monsters. They yeah. make these awesome documentaries about cryptids and a lot of it's regional here to Ohio. Uh, Seth is from Wadsworth. So another Ohio guy putting yeah. out awesome content. Um, would love what the guys from Small Town Monsters are doing. Would love to connect with you guys. Um, so we checked out his uh, Minerva Monster Bigfoot of Ohio documentary. Really well done. Great stuff. Um, and uh, he interviews a ton of people from this 1978, which really started in 1978 with this Caton family. Yeah, it kicked it off. Okay. Yeah. And do you want to intro this? Absolutely. Yeah, go yeah. ahead, Bob. Yeah. Take I've, it. I was, you know, again. this is good. These are kind of, again, I've heard the, the terms and, and names and, you know, never really dug in quite as deep as this. So, I mean, I was sitting there scratching my head a few times like, this is pretty wild. But uh, It's pretty wild. I mean, there's this Barbara Mudrick yeah. Galloway. Um, she's from the Akron Beacon Journal. And she reported on this story yeah. in, in the Akron newspaper. Yeah. And De uh, Deputy Sheriff yeah. uh, Jim Shannon. Take it away. Uh, on August 21st, 1978, uh, there was a police report in Paris Township. And uh, the reporting officer uh, received a call to, con uh, to contact uh, the complainant at her residence uh, regarding a large animal in her yard. And so this is Mrs. Caton. Uh, and she told the officer for the past uh, month they had been plagued with some type of hairy beast around their residence. Okay, let's let's stop there. So you've been plagued by it. Um, what do what do you do from there if you're the sheriff? That's you're, you're getting this first now. What are you yeah. thinking? Oh, a hairy beast. So are there bear around that time? Yeah. So he, he's a sheriff, which means he's responsible for the whole county. Right. So he's not necessarily, you know, in the, the town of Minerva all the time, which right. this Caton family got to know the sheriff, Sheriff Jim. Um, Shannon. Sheriff Jim Shannon. And over time, because of these Bigfoot sightings, they yeah. got to know this guy because yeah. he was coming out to the property and, and Jim Shannon had written up a police report. Yeah. And and you can look that up. 
his report is public knowledge. Yeah. And um, he said he got there and she was uh, waiting by the door distressed. Yep. And what was it? A very, very strong out. smell of ammonia. Yep. So we're getting a foul odor already. And yep. uh, which is some- common with the Ohio Bigfoot, kind of like the skunk ape down in uh, Florida and yeah. Louisiana. And well, I think Sasquatch <clears throat> in general is known throughout to, to lore stank. to smell. <laughs> I mean, again, man, look at that hair. Yep. It's something to behold in so many ways. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they find some fur, uh, fur on a nail. They send it off to Malone University in Canton. And uh, there was no DNA back then. No. You know, there was no, no way to this is look at the genetic code yeah, or different animal of investigating too at that time. And there's a professor that kind of looked into it, but I'm not really sure what he was able to. How much stuff do you think they just didn't realize was possible evidence? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, if that's because thing, if they couldn't process it in, a, in the right way or interpret it or get it to yeah. a lab to figure it out. Oh yeah. But uh, in the in the police report, it's a. Uh, what, Evelyn Caton and Howe Caton. Is it Howie? Yeah, so these family members are, are listed on the um, uh, Howe Caton. I want to say it's Howe or Howie. But uh, basically, th- they thought that it was some hermit in the woods messing with them because you got to remember they um, they just moved to this place, apparently. Um, and uh, through all this, you know, trying to figure out was it some miser in the woods coming down right. to lay claim to maybe uh, some land that he thought was his or just, you know, trying to write him off. They became good friends with uh, the sheriff, uh, Jim Shannon. They were having a party, right? They were having a, a get-together. It's like a weekend get-together. Okay. And, uh, you know, Vicki Keck is his sister, Scott Patterson, Linda Jones, uh, Becky Manley was his sister. So they had a get-together. And um, they were sitting there eating dinner. And um, they saw something outside. And then, uh, you know, eventually this thing is like throwing stones at the window. And so I I think it escalated a little bit. Um, And then it was knocking on trees. um, And they saw, um, you know, they described it as about six to seven foot tall. The one that they had seen that night. I think, I believe that they've seen very uh, larger sizes and smaller sizes uh, but this was one particular Sasquatch here. Um, and what if that is, you know, say from a vantage point of you're looking out the house, yeah, seeing this thing, just trying to, again, estimate in my head of when I look at something out through that vantage point, when you think it's tall, yeah. you think you're overshooting, mm-hmm. but a lot of times you're still under. Yeah. So even if that's, I'm thinking of the six to seven foot tall reference there, maybe, yeah. Uh, because I know they've been reported as tall as, what, 10 feet? Yeah. I yeah, mean, that was in... Uh, we're talking about the variation of the squash. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyhow. Yeah, so, I mean... what you were saying. They reported this to the police, and he created, wrote up the report, um, the whole nine yards, um, investigated it, you know, found some hair, and then these occurrences persisted yeah. with this family for yeah. a while. And they had a, a lot of different things, and eventually it got really crazy, um, where it just kept getting more and more daring, getting closer to the house, right? Kind of um, uh, investigating, yeah, testing and, them, 
and you know, the first one of the first times I believe somebody came out with a with a shotgun and it just didn't seem to mind. It just was kind of like, eh, it just walked away. And so they all just kind of watched this thing walk away. It's got to make And then it came afraid. back. It oh. came back and started throwing rocks at the windows. And um, you know, further d- down uh, the line a little bit, um, one of the uh, Caton family members recalls him and his, uh, I think it was maybe a brother or a cousin and some friends, and they were uh, walking down this ravine by this stream or body of water, and they just thought it was some dude because by this time, it was all in the papers because this was written up in police reports, so the newspapers got a hold of this story. AP gets a hold of this story, and so... Um, you know, they had, you know, people probably prank calling him and trying to, you know, uh, get a glimpse of this creature in their yard or property or around adjacent to their property. So they just thought some dude was messing around in a, in a suit. And so they ran up on this thing and, and reportedly jumped on it Wow! and all five of them jumped on it and it just shook them off as if you had your two little nieces and nephews were jumping on you, you know, five of your nieces and nephews and you just threw them off you and you guys were playing around wrestling. And so from that point, it got pretty, uh, the, that creature, uh, this just kept started, started getting a bit more aggressive. And then one night their German shepherd, they came out. And the German Shepherd was just going off. He's barking like crazy. And they came out and uh, the next morning or whenever it was, and the dog was dead. It was pulled out of its collar and its wow. neck was broken. So something killed their dog. I mean, again, could have been some crazy dude pretending to be Bigfoot. Who who really knows? Um, but it, it seems seemed like to a be, stretch to go that far with a prank. And I don't know if it's because... You know, they jumped on this thing's back and it, it came back for revenge. You know, who the heck knows? But, um, and, uh, I mean, yeah, they see it a lot. And yeah. I mean, it occurs, um, over a there grandchildren, small time period. But. Grandchildren saw this where they would, would see this thing and they would run in the house screaming, just terrified. Um, I mean, it's, it, the Kate and family's friends were out on the front porch and, you know, these people would just hear these noises. And so it's, it's kind of like looking for attention, you know, with the stones and the rocks and, and but again, it, for what, to what end? It's curious. It's just curious. to see, they're seeing a family to see get together and maybe they're drinking beers and eating food. Maybe they're making a bunch of food and that thing got curious. Yeah. You Who know, knows? leading up to the August 21st sighting, um, the wife of the family, Mrs. Caton, said she believed the creature's appearances were due to her husband, Herbert. Um, that's the first time I think I've seen mention of his name. Cutting down the thick brush uh, next to the pit at Strip Mine. Yeah. And that he had also dumped some garbage around for the raccoons. Yeah. I'm going to take this a stretch. <laughs> Do you think this led up to it? Do you think they were like, hey, we live here. We don't appreciate this. We're just making you know we're here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because from I guess that's the first mention of something that they think might have set this whole process in motion, right? And, and I mean, if it's a strip Ron, mine, how how Ron deep is Schaffner? That? Yeah, he's he's a guy that uh, interviewed. Yes, uh, and yes. He he logs a lot of these accounts too. Ron yeah. Schaffner. Yeah, and uh, super deep. And he he talks about, um, and I think Ron Schaffner also. Um, or 
think he also so this Mrs. Ackerman um okay that's what you were talking about with the strip mine yeah so yeah that's uh and then September 9th Jim Rostetler Rostetter interviewed Henry Colt who lived about five miles east of Minerva Minerva on US 30 and he was walking through some woods by his house and we caught a glimpse of some unknown furry animal. Right. And uh, and the animal was squatting next to a tree. So this wasn't too far away. Um, right. You know, a few miles away. So, you know, there's other people that were seeing this thing. It's right. not just the Caton family. Right. Um, and, you know, there a lot of accounts that, you know, we're not, we don't really have time to go over. But just to give everybody an idea, it's not just this this family that's out here, no. you know, trying to become no. famous or making things up. There are other people, very respectable. And also the sheriff, he n- smelled the ammonia odor and thought that was weird. Right. That it, it was lingering for so long that this odor just hung. It just never, and that's one kind of, of make re- you sit there and ponder a little bit. Yeah. So, um, and I, you know, there's articles that Jim, Shan- um, interviews that Jim Shannon has done through the years where, um, you know, he kind of, kind of dials back a little bit his claims, but, um, you know, uh, Seth Breedlove got him to sit down in this Minerva monster documentary. Oh, really? And he, he, yeah, Jim Shannon is in that documentary. It, it is definitely worth checking out. If you guys I need to watch haven't I seen that, yeah, it. it's, it's really good. I accidentally, uh, rented it twice on uh, Amazon Prime. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I want to add to what you're saying because I've got a little bit of extra on that from another yeah, uh, report for the Beacon Journal, but mm-hmm. these are just some of the kind of incidences that were occurring and this was going over a period of several weeks that that people were spotting this. And like you said, it wasn't just an isolated family. It was multiple yeah. uh, different um witnesses to this but uh the sightings were making the front page news mm-hmm. so do you think that again like you said people are going out not offering it up some food but they're going out with guns guns or you know maybe even that's cameras. what this journalist talks about is you know you got all these people that are just going up there up to no good yeah and causing trouble and and it's uh, kind of a dangerous situation. You got people running around the woods with guns. Yeah. Other people trying to find the Bigfoot to become friends with him. Some people are trying right. to kill it. Um, right. It's a safety concern probably for the sheriff. He probably didn't know what to do when all this hit. You know, the AP starts reporting on it. it it's like, you know, the Mothman story. It just It just grows and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and gains all this attention. Well, you, <clears throat> things loose. Okay, how to put this. I don't know how to put it in whatever situation, but sometimes some people are, are um, more adept at, again, being able to tell the truth or being able to come forward with, with whatever story or account or interaction that they had. And, you know, almost like anything, time gives people a way to reflect on it. Maybe some people uh, spoke up early and wish they never said anything. Right. Maybe some people, though, and you'll see this, they want to talk about it after a while because either they know it's something that everybody should know about or they just feel like it's been long enough or they've digested it or whatever. Yeah. So as these keep going, that that land keeps shifting. You keep hearing more and more about this. And I think it's interesting when 
the journalists or the the authors go back. Yeah. And it always sounds kind of dumb, but <clears throat> why are you going to re you know reinterview someone? But even from the Catons, they never recanted. No. Their accounts. They're just in this documentary. I that, that, still talking about right. it. And well, I I'm, from what I've read, Seth really did a good job of 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 trying to get them to talk about this. I think it was probably pretty difficult from what I understand right. uh, to get them to talk about this. Because what did we say earlier? Most people didn't want this to happen. No. Don't really want to deal with, people. you know, no. the transition through it. Yeah. And then the aftermath afterwards. Too. Yeah. Um, crazy. That's really interesting. So that's the Minerva monster, bub. Pretty cool yeah. stuff. It's surface level. I mean, seriously, check this guy, check out um, the Minerva monster. Look into it yourself. A um, lot of interesting stuff out there on it. Um, yeah, and it the next one, different region of Ohio. This is more Urbana, Bell Fountain kind of area, which again is hilly, very hilly. Um, the the tallest elevation in Ohio is in Bell Fountain. So that's the largest um, elevation. The elevation in all of Ohio. Yeah, is in Bell Fountain in this one area. Me and my dad actually went up there. It's pretty cool. You can see everything I up there. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Hey. And uh, it's, you know, right around Mad River. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know yeah. where it's. I just, mm-hmm. I didn't know it was that tall. So a lot of woods again. Oh, yeah. Um, this Cedar Bog is, um, was officially Ohio's first nature preserve, 1942. Okay. And, and I, I want to say it predated it. It first came into inception in 1941, I think, the bog itself. Okay. And then the next year, Ohio Historical Society kind of, Looked at it and said, hey, we need to uh, stamp this down as the first nature preserve. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So 1945, there's a sighting. Some kids go missing. And there's uh, yeah. a ca- car found. Uh, so I don't know if it was three or four kids. I don't know if they were going camping. Um, I can't recall a lot of the details of that. That's why it's kind of such a slight reference. But um it was something to that report. I couldn't actually find a linking article on that one, so I didn't want to go right deep, deep on uh, putting a lot of weight on not it. But a yeah, lot, so not kind a of maybe out a there. folklore. Not a lot out there from the bog man. Not on that one. Uh, the bog monster. Not on uh, that one. Although they did put up um, a fence. Yeah. And so a lot of people, were, are they trying to keep something in? Yeah. Are they trying to keep something, people out? Right. Or are they trying to keep something in? this nature preserve. Right. That's been kind of one of the legends around this is they're containing their, that's the, this pen for this bog monster. I mean, if it's, it's 1942. Yeah. I mean, this is predating, you know, the previous Minerva monster mm-hmm. by 30 years or 30 years or more at certain points. I mean, it's, it's wild to think that it becomes Ohio's first nature preserve in that area. Mm-hmm. When again, I'm not trying to knock Urbana, yeah. but I didn't know it was that rich of yeah. a nature mm-hmm. preserve mm-hmm. to become one. Um, this teenage couple, but to put to right? fence it off, yeah. The teenage couple, they this, were you know just making out backseat of the lovers car. lane type situation. Looked out the back window, there's a, and they said it was a tall white Sasquatch. Okay, another white Sasquatch. Yeah. Sped off, clothes not even yeah. on yet. They went down the road. Couple of miles, got dressed and you know kind of collected themselves. But yeah, they Smelled said it definitely awful was yeah, again about ten feet stinking. away. You can smell that from ten feet away. That's 
strong. And I'm sure that's not even the limit of its range. Yeah. I think it's got a little bit of distance. Yes, yeah, so they sped away. They had to stop to get dressed. Yeah, man. Could you imagine that? That <laughs> they, only they adds. took off. They didn't even bother to put their clothes on. They just bolted. Okay, so here's a comparison. Direct the Mothman story, right? Quick segue in the Mothman. What did the first uh, real big sighting happen with those four teenagers in their car? What did they do? They went right to the police. They, yeah. Right. So there's they another kind off. of like similar instance of like, I mean, who adds that to the details or who? who who gets that shocked at seeing something that's not that frightening and takes off? And, and a lot it. of kids, teenagers, see this kind Am of stuff I? because they're out late at night. That's true. They're out and about. They're that's driving. True. They're the ones driving the car. That's Your true. mom and dad are sitting at home watching Jeopardy. Kids, teenagers, they're out true. there tearing it up. You know, they're out there boozing and partying and hanging out like we did all yeah. through high school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and. So yeah, they they got they got pretty spooked. They're gonna be and out there, headed out. But uh, this is one of my favorite ones. Is when in uh, 1980 in Bell Fountain, mm -hmm. we say Bell Fountain. You could pronounce it Bellefontaine, but I think colloquially it's, speaking, it's Bell it's Fountain. Bell Fountain, yeah. Mad River Mountain, uh, Bell Fountain. Uh, there's a, a local farmer, and uh, he goes outside around 11 p.m. and his dog is barking. He's going out to check on it. Like what? You know, I don't want to do a recreation of his voice because I don't know what it was, but I want to think it's <laughs> what tarnation. And he's gone out there to see, you know, what Sparky's doing. And uh, he rounds the corner of his barn and he sees this large, hairy man. Okay, let's just hit the pause button there for one second. Right. That's not a bear. I mean, I've seen a bear stand up, right? Maybe not at we 11 p.m. We used to have black bears here barn. in Ohio. We don't anymore. I mean, I hear that there's been sightings of... You know what? There is something interesting with, with Minerva, uh, with the Minerva monster that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, what? A lot of these sightings Flashback. with Bigfoot are seen with a big cat, a cougar. What? With a black cougar. Come on now. Or a black panther. Like the Jungle Book? So they'll have... The Bigfoot, and it's almost like his little pet. Not little, but it's a it's a cougar, essentially. And a lot of people have seen this cougar around the the Sasquatch. I have never heard this before. So they talk about that in the Minerva Monster documentary. I've got to watch that and now. And they talk about the... Cause you know, I know you and Carlos, he was a guest on our episode one of the primary yeah. of the main podcast. And you guys had a conversation about... Um, black uh panthers being uh, seen i have in, a friend who United says States. he saw one in, yeah in uh while he was out hunting mm -hmm. in, west in, virginia. in west virginia yeah. okay yeah i mean there's reports in florida down in the everglades yeah and i'll say um, this he's he's a uh he his historical background of his line of work etc he's a very very honest and trustworthy guy i mean yeah. He doesn't need to make stuff up. And we're not supposed to have bears here anymore. We're not supposed to have right. mountain lions. But that's what I'm saying. That's just what we say is yeah. supposed to be going on or from our, you know, biological models. I, that's what I was looking up today was I wanted to know, you know, I've heard so many different articles about, oh, we didn't know this species of gorilla existed for X amount of decades or years. Yeah, the and mountain then, gorilla, the right. silverback, they didn't know. But there was another somebody, species of orangutan that no one had seen. Or bonobos, before. too. They so didn't even know bonobos were It happens real. a lot, though. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it happens. I'll say a lot because it happens more than just once in a lifetime or, you know, or, or at least there's enough historically that I can draw from that. It seems like it's more prevalent. Mm -hmm. I'd have to run the real numbers on that. But, <laughs> I mean, 
it seems like, okay, now take that and couple it with if you are a Sasquatch and you're, you know, that big of a bipedal creature, let's say you've got to have some intellect. Yeah. So it's not, it's not stupid. I mean, we can look at chimpanzees and all kinds of different apes and orangutans. They're very smart. Some use tools now. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they very much know how to learn. But again, this, it has so much uh, strength to the story when I, I think of this man talk about the fact that he saw this large hairy man. Okay, we'll go from there. Creature gets startled, runs off, and uh, first bit of evidence leaves behind massive 16-inch footprints. It's a pretty big foot. Yeah, we've got some people today rocking some big feet, but I mean, that's not very common back then. In 1980 in Bell Fountain. And the other part that cracked me up was his comment of the odor of Bigfoot was, Mm -hmm. quote, Limburger cheese on a hot muffler. (laughs) That's amazing. That's just (laughs) visually stunning. Limburger cheese on a hot muffler. Limburger cheese on a hot muffler. We kind of have to test that theory. I I really want to know what that smells like. I don't want to know. It can't be good. It's got to have some serious... Damaging effects of putting that on a burger <laughs> afterwards. Also, 16-inch um, footprints that were uh, recorded Yeah, with this one. Yeah. Um, the odor, the 16-inch footprints, um, and the area was searched. Right. The four deputies went out there and didn't find anything. You think this was just like, hey, we got four guys sitting around and somebody said they saw Sasquatch, who wants to go? Yeah. And everybody jumped in? Or was it that serious of an event? That they were like, hey, we should really look into this. Just thrown out. I mean, they're just doing their job. That's what I'm you know, thinking. They get a report. They got to go investigate it, whether it's Bigfoot, a UFO, or somebody's robbing them. But they didn't find anything. No, didn't find anything. So, um, so nearby, so the previous Tuesday, I guess, nearby Union County, creature was observed walking around a woods, kind of striding down this rural road. Um, and this farmer uh, observed this, this farmer was in his field. He observed this creature and it was described as being, again, seven to eight feet tall, That's long hair theme. covering its body. Yeah. Um, and there's a mammal research in Lima, Ohio, who visited the site. So Didn't they had this. some scientists that were apparently coming down here, uh, coming out there and... Um, so it's they don't really know what evidence was collected or if they found any. Um, and they took three plaster casts yeah. from the Union County Farm. Now, these have two dimensions on it instead of just one. So Right. Measuring 16 inches long and four inches wide. Okay. Now, the stride of this thing was 40 inches based on the location of the prints. So it had a 40-inch stride. And four um, toes. Yeah, four Definitely, I mean, like the the pigeon toad of the grass man. Um, there was like three claws in one of the, like the the Yeti is known for having like a three claw, almost like a foot that has this uh, really? three claws on its foot instead of five toes and a standard foot. It's got these, this weird kind of claw foot. I'm trying to wrap um, my head around why that would make sense. I know. Who knows? Because, you know, it doesn't just seem like logical. having our thumbs, those big toes, I mean... Better balance. Maybe I'm hypothesizing too much here. Maybe it didn't, you know, maybe it's Sasquatch. It doesn't need five toes, buddy. Yeah. Maybe that's the, the gist of it. Yeah. And up and down the Mad River in Bell Fountain, you know, apparently this 
being is kind of traveling up and down using that waterway, that waterway again. Um, and they said in that area, Sasquatch sighting started in 1811. And, um, and there's a 1924, there's some miners in a gorge and, um, and, uh, you know, I'm sorry, that, that's, the 1811, that's really when the Bigfoot sightings in America kind of kicked off. Yeah. In Washington State near Mount St. Helens. Yeah. Kind of just give a, a reference point right. for other places back in the 1800s are also having sightings. So right. So you have Ohio, you have Washington State, Oregon, right. Northern California. Um, and uh, it's just a prevalent theme yeah, and it's, it's trying prevalent. to nail down that, you know, Maybe we didn't have the name for it in 1811, but they were still seeing this creature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And we're definitely... Bigfoot itself wasn't coined until... What do you... Okay, let's go to before there's Bigfoot. There's Let's go before there's a Grass man. Let's go before there's Minerva. Let's go before the Cedar Bog man. Let's go to... We have to name this thing. And you see this thing. What are you going to call... Just try to drum up something. What would you call that thing? You just saw this big, hairy... I'd call it the, oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, I, I would, I probably wouldn't be able to speak, number oh, one. That's It'd probably take me like a day or two to even think about what I would call it. That's what I'm saying. Be in shock. Right. Because, uh, you know, you, you say you want to see these things. It's like, oh, I'll see a Bigfoot. That'd be great. But then when you see it, you get. There's fear associated with oh, yeah. seeing something oh, yeah. like that oh, yeah. or even a UFO or so, you know, people love to talk a big game, but when you actually see something like that, it's a different kind of story. People, you know, grown men, these tough hunters are out there hunting and, you know, they get rocks thrown at them. They're bolting, dude. They're gone. There's a lot of those stories of just people do not want anything to do with something that is so overwhelmingly strange that it's right. this flight or fight syndrome. Right. And uh, and not a lot of people fight and kind of go towards it, you know. Some some people, there's reports where the, um, that guy that was on um, the um, Survivor Man Bigfoot, the guy that captured those, uh, captured some this. video footage that... I'm, I don't know if they're real or not, but it's pretty interesting footage. Um, and enough where Les Stroud actually created That's what made him Survivor do Man Bigfoot was okay. this guy. Um, gosh, why can't I think of this dude's name? It's going to drive me nuts. But anyways. Um, we'll track it down. That, that's in like Canada. Um, now that to me seems like that's got to be just haven. Yeah, and he had good gear too. He had some sort of, I'm not sure if it was a full frame DSLR, but he definitely had, um, you know, the ability to get pretty tight on whatever he was shooting. So he got a pretty decent image. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so can you actually just Google that real quick? Yeah, what are you going to see here? I need to know. Just type in um, uh, Les Stroud Survivor Man Bigfoot. And uh, see if we can get the guy's name that he follows along with. He's been all over the place talking about his video that he's captured. And um, he's been on a bunch of different um, kind of paranormal shows and stuff like that. 
we can come back to that if we can't find it. It's all good. I'm trying to find the name associated with this. Todd Standing. Todd Standing. Yes. You thank you. Yeah. Todd Standing. Uh, Todd Standing. You know, people have kind of given him a rough time. I'd love to meet him in person. It there seems we go like he's, again. he's really dedicated to what he does. I mean, if you're going backcountry hiking into some of these places that this dude, there's families of, of Sasquatch that he claims are up here. He brought Les Stroud right. up up into this region and they but camped it, up there. Again, and, um, look, at, look at these two guys. What'd you just say? Yeah. They're catching a lot of crap for this. Yeah. Getting a lot and of Todd pushback. Standing really does not care. He is fully committed. When I say Les He's Stroud, still researching. Just from a television standpoint of when I used to watch, just I've never watched the Survivor Man Bigfoot episode, but I probably have to put that. Well, on Well, there's a whole now. season. There's Don't like tell ten me episodes. Like that. Yeah, you watch, haven't seen that. I'm gonna go home and watch all that. Tomorrow. Yeah, he was on Joe Rogan probably about three, four years ago when he was making this show, and Rogan was making fun of him. It was kind of giving <laughs> Les Stroud a hard time about believing in Bigfoot. Dude, that's crazy. Though. I felt Les, bad for him. I was like, oh, go easy on Les, Les Stroud. Stroud. Well, he had an experience in Alaska. So and, you know, he's out in the back country all the time. And Les Stroud had an experience. He didn't see anything, but he heard these really loud noises and, and some, he, something shaking his tent. He's I mean, really got, out there. He really, really, really knows really nature. Like, he yeah. films that whole mm -hmm. setup himself when he's out there. So that got him curious. And I'll so bet. he hooked up with this Todd Standing guy, and this is in like Alberta, Canada, and the Canadian Rockies. Okay. And they're going deep, dude. And not many people can really hang like the areas that Todd Standing goes to. Only someone like Les Stroud's going to be able to hang and go on that right. trip to go up there and shoot this Qualified stuff. Qualified to go on it. Yeah. So do you really have a dude in this, a giant dude in this huge costume that's going up into the Canadian Rockies just to fake? A video? Maybe. I don't know. But it seems... I think Les Stroud had enough uh, viewership. He didn't really need to kick it up by, you know, if he uh, wanted to make he career suicide by hitting the Sasquatch <laughs> bomb. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think he was thinking that. I think... No, he wants to know. He's coming from an honest perspective there in that yeah. case. And yeah. wants to actually find out what's going on here. And he must have had enough corroborating evidence of his own whether or not he ever saw anything. Yeah. To give him... A, and again, he spent so much time outdoors in so many different areas and yeah. climates, and you kind of get a sixth or even Dude, seventh sense when we you are get out Les in the woods to Ohio. Let's go camp out with Les Stroud and Salt Fork. If you bring his harmonica, <laughs> you bring your harmonica. Dude, he's a I'll hell of a, a I'll bring my guitar. Player. I know. I'll try to keep up. Yeah, he's jammed things. with some pretty big, pretty big bands. He's such a nice guy, and just think you'd never go hungry. Les Stroud, you're a champion. Come to the Strange Road, please. I think Come he, to Ohio. He probably knows how to get to the strange road. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got a uh, built-in navigation. Well, so last subject here, Bob. It's definitely not a Les Stroud uh, <laughs> multi-series season <laughs> on any platform. But, no. Uh, um, the Loveland Frogman. The Loveland Frogman, ladies and gentlemen. Loveland, Ohio is a pretty cool little town. I actually have some friends that live in that area. And it's uh, the Little Miami River. And that's where um, sightings, if you want to call that, stories. I'm going to call them stories. How about that? Um, now, the Native that's American a, lore accurate. seems more legit with this. Some of the older accounts of... of um, the people called Twite we the Twite we were or otherwise or known people. as the Miami people yep. and they were up and down the Miami big Miami little Miami yep. so here in Ohio we're in a 
big giant river valley and there's so many different streams and rivers and and they kind of all connect and then eventually come into either the Scioto River and then eventually everything drains down into the Ohio River. Yeah. And um and so <clears throat> a lot of navigating uh these river systems but in this particular area um the Loveland frog is a humanoid amphibian sometimes reptilian looking maybe um walks bipedally upright again on two legs that's got to freak um, you out it's some sort of man frog hybrid um and it's said to range between 3 to 5 feet tall it's a little guy little guy um for a frog uh, well for a cryptid Sorry, I guess I should. I mean, that's a good we're, point. We're going from Sasquatch <laughs> to about the this? Loveland How about frog. This? Compared Cut him to some slack. Compared He's like Danny to, DeVito Danny, next to that thing. Compared to a human. Sorry, I love you, Danny DeVito. Danny that's DeVito, no we really you. do love you. You're the best. <laughs> That's so um, funny. You're like, he's a little guy. I'm like, he's a yeah, big frog. Yeah, well, huge for a frog. He's a frog man. Little for a cryptid. A lot of these cryptids that we've, I've been into and, and looked into are are generally big. Whether it's like the dog man, Bigfoot, uh, Mothman's even kind of a large creature. I just had um, a thought that's blowing my mind. Can I share this with you? Please do. Because you're saying it's a little cryptid. Yeah. So, just bring me very quickly. I'll go through this. I watched a show on Perspective one time, zooming out at the universe, the galaxies, how small the Earth looks, yada yada. Zooming back in and yeah. zooming into a droplet of water and watching that whole universe. What if there are microscopic cryptids? <laughs> I'm okay, not elaborate. even joking. I mean, so Bigfoot's just a big cryptid. Yeah. The Mothman also about happens the, to be a very big, you know. What the, about the, the Orang Pandek from Indonesia? Right, that's what like about, a two foot tall. And again, this is not um, really cryptids, but just lore of like fairies, what have you, et yeah, cetera. Yeah, fairy reports in Ireland. So what if there are microscopic cryptids? Well, that, you never know unless you got a microscope and you're looking for them. Sorry, I had to do that, but that really stopped Highly unlikely, browsing. bub. Highly unlikely. We don't know this for certain. Yet. <laughs> but anyhow. I love where your mind's going. Right? But the Twite Tweet tribe. They definitely had a cryptid, or at least thought they did, because they used to, you know, warn um, the French explorers, right? Yeah. About a river demon called the Shanahook. Yep. Talked about the Shanahook. Great name. And it was it basically guarded the riverbanks. Yeah. And it would chase people away, whoever stumbled into its territory. Um, so, you know, they're telling these explorers, uh, stay away from this. Stay away from this area. Um, and these stories passed down for generations um, through the tribe, and uh, and a lot of that thing, those things that happen, are in the modern day Loveland, Ohio. So a lot of those right. stories come right. from Loveland, right. that land that is now Loveland. Um, and then the first modern day sighting, May 1955. Now, do you want to call it a story? Well, let's call this a story. Because I think this is different. First modern day story, May 1955, a businessman in Loveland uh, describes seeing a gathering of three strange beings on the bank of the Little Miami River. Again, three to four foot tall, covered in leathery skin, bipedal, standing erect, having the head and shape of a frog, webbed hands, webbed feet, and totally hairless. Okay. 
Um, and there's not much written about that account. It's, it's, there's not a whole lot. I believe it was in some newspapers. Some people had reported on it. Uh, but it's not like there was a string of incidents like the Mothman or, or the Minerva monster. We have people all over town seeing this thing. Yeah. Um, but I want to add to that story because I think I told you, and I, I'm sorry, I probably didn't put it in the right place in the notes, but in that, in that instance with the businessman, mm -hmm. it's, uh, Reports saying around 3.30 in the morning, um, he sees three fi three figures along the side of the road. And this is the frogman you just described. They were right. three to four feet tall, stood erect on their hide legs. Uh, no hair but leathery skin. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Their hands and feet were webbed. Head, the shape of, uh, head was the shape and had faces of frogs. In this version, though, the man pulled his car to the side of the road and watched the group for about three minutes. He said he watched the creatures converse. So the frogmen are now talking to each other. <laughs> and then one held a wand, or sometimes described as a metal cylinder, above its head and fired a spray of sparks, startling the man into finally leaving the scene. The other two versions just have the creatures being spotted on a bridge and the other under a bridge. That's two. This is like one is not like the others. They're like wizard frogmen. So who souped that one up? That's somebody that was really into D and D or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, okay. I'm always going. For, it's a really cool story. Like some dude, cool 1955, making that up. You it's know, a cool it's story, weird. but I'm wondering again. If you're going to make up a story or if this is a true story, that's where it kind of gets me caught in the middle. Right. One, if this is a made-up story, how did it survive this long? Mm -hmm. I get it. Oh, yeah. Ray so-and-so or whoever out. he was. Yeah. But two, it's not that believable if the wand account goes into it. It's not that believable. Right. So I, I don't know where that report came They're from. They're like performing some magic ritual down by the river. It's, yeah, it's weird, man. That's really, really... It just seems like the most unlikely that, creature Yeah, to become a cryptid <laughs> and not even have really any uh, that I know of other than the wand story. Cool powers. Right. Um, but there are some other more reputable accounts, too. Um well, we'll say reputable. You want to lead us down this rabbit hole yeah, a little bit? There's uh, 1972. The story goes that uh, this police officer, Ray Shockey, spotted something strange on a Riverside Drive in Kemper Road. It's kind of near this old boot factory. Yeah. And uh, he saw a, a, something scurry across the road. And over the years... And where the, were they near, though? They were near the Little Miami River. So we got near Loveland there. Maybe the... Yep. Maybe it's the crypt. Well, this is a smaller kind of animal that's scurrying across uh, over this curb embankment, uh, yeah. over this uh, um, curb. And so, and, and then uh, Shockey tells this other police officer, Mark Matthews, that he saw something. Now, the story over the years goes that Matthews didn't believe him, but had agreed that he felt like he did see something. Yeah, he believed him. He, I mean, he believed the sincerity with which Shockey um, told him the story. He maybe didn't right. necessarily, necessarily believe of what Shockey was saying he saw. Right. So a couple weeks later, Matthews sees is over by the boot factory, same area. Hanging out by the same and spot. And he sees what he thinks is a dead animal on the side of the road. And, and... 
It stands up on two legs, resembles a frog or lizard. Matthew Matthews dr- draws his pistol and shoots the creature. Now, when I was looking into this, one account said that he shot the creature, put it in his trunk, and drove it back to Shockey and said, hey, was this what you saw? And he agreed, yes, that's the creature that I saw. Then, Seems kind of unbelievable. And, and another account was that he just shot at the creature, and it, it slumped over and jumped over the embankment, okay? So then I dug a little deeper. I found this email interview from 2001 with oh, really? one of these police officers, this Matthew or uh, Shockey. I can't remember which one it was, um, but this skeptic had interviewed Matthews. these guys. And basically Matthews was, was like, Matthews. none of that ever happened. Okay, this is in 2001. This sighting happened in the 70s. And he basically said that it was... He never said that he had shot the animal, put it in his trunk. None of that stuff was true, that it was actually probably an iguana that somebody just set free. <laughs> That's... Somebody had a pet, and they let it go. Could have been. And, and so this story, these stories get sensationalized. It's like telephone. You know, I'm going to tell you a story. You're going to add a little bit. You're going to take away something. You're going to sensationalize it in some way. And so a, a lot of, you know, these legends and, and myths... They come out of, you know, something like that. Somebody's right. pet. Somebody let their pet go. And next thing you know, it's the frogman's among us again. And it's total horseshit, you know. So that's uh, just a kind of a good lesson in not believing everything that's out there, everything that's on the internet. True. And uh, a lot of these cryptid stories are complete crap. But I think... Some of them are real in this the is, sense that they the were a, a real experience for that person right. that saw this creature, animal, cryptid, whatever you want to call it. They believe that what they saw was real. So whether or not it was a bear or a Sasquatch, they believed it was something that was out of the ordinary, extraordinary, and they truly believe it and can pass uh, you know, lie detector tests, what they really saw, we might not ever know. Right. But when you start getting a mass amount of people, whether it's the Mothman, whether it's the Minerva monster and and some of these stories where you have well, the whole town seeing this stuff, that's where the those stories like UFO stuff, like the Phoenix Lights, where there's these that's massive... That's a big one. The UFO sightings in Washington, D.C., where they're seeing them above over the, the White House, over yeah. the Capitol building, exactly. Um, the L.A. Uh, UFO battle, the Battle of L.A. Battle of Los Angeles, and yeah. and just hundreds. They actually of, shot at all not, those, right? Yeah. Right. So it's those kind of stories are most interested to me. Not necessarily Joe Schmo at his farm, you know, where he just saw something, you know, peek behind a tree or something, where you have mass sightings, lots and lots of people are reporting very similar things. Right. The odors, that's kind of one thing that stands out is because they're not just seeing it. There's something else. This, this There's other senses involved that are very, very similar right. to that are kind of th- weaving through these other accounts. So there's um, there's so, something, something to that. There's a lot of, of pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. And... Myself, if I would, again, I'm trying to theorize what I said to you earlier is, you know, you see this thing, what do you call it? You know, like, and what I'm trying to figure out there is how does your mind develop the ability to digest what it's seeing 
and interpret it. And again, okay, let's say you see a bear standing on its legs and you misinterpret it as Sasquatch. I could buy that. But if you misinterpret a bear standing on its legs that you know takes off at a full sprint upright, I'm not buying that. Right. That's a really, you know, really, really lost circus bear out in the Canadian wilderness. Yeah. Because, like... Yeah, and some big... That's not the way they run. They run up the side of really steep hills, like that Todd Standing video. Right. That's the one that a lot of these doctors and scientists will actually say, now that one's weird. Because Because of the physics of how it's moving. that thing ran up the side of a mountain, dude, in the matter of seconds and was gone. Right. I mean, that'd be like... I mean... You know, you, you got a little. Fake that you got a little bit a of a grade. Costume. You're gonna slow down massively, but this thing just just took a couple steps and it was up and out of there. And so that video is interesting. If you haven't seen that one from Todd Standing, his YouTube channel, check that out. Yeah, um, that's and, what I was trying uh, to say earlier. With Todd the, Standing, uh, you want to come on the Strange Road? <laughs> we would love to have you too, brother. <laughs> Everybody, come on on, come on down, Todd. I think we wouldn't be able to we'll handle teleconference the amount of mind-blowing. Again, <laughs> if he got Les Stroud to make an entire documentary-type you know, series on it, I think. Yeah. But that's also the part of the attraction to it is, you know, not personally, again, even if I had never seen a bear in my life or never seen a rattlesnake or whatever, and I, you know, you witness those things. You kind yeah. of remember it, but even if I didn't, I've, I've seen that on a television. I can kind of equate that. Yeah. But to, you know... Either have your own experience of seeing like a Sasquatch. Again, I think you're right when you say it would be probably just like when I saw a bear. I really didn't want to because you kind of have this real, real quick reality check of going, I'm a snack to that thing. Now, I'll tell you what. Last, no, summer 2018, uh, when me and Stone got back from Switzerland, we got a call to come out to the White Buffalo uh, the White Buffalo Ranch out here in uh, near Amesville, Ohio, to go do a shoot uh, for these White Buffalo people, and this guy uh, needed some help. And we, okay, we drove out there, and we drove in this rainstorm, and it was nuts, man. I mean, thunder, lightning, and it's just coming down. And on the way out there, there's big trees in the middle of the road, and there's a uh, trooper out there, and he's like, "Hey, if you got four wheel drive, you can go around it." Probably should have turned around. That was probably like the sign. <laughs> To, wasn't a good sign bro you need to you know turn yourself around and get out of here right but nope just took the go-ahead route right around the uh, old tree there continued on our journey and uh we take a ride on this gravel road you know kind of backcountry ohio hill road and uh probably was driving maybe 80 yards on that road and just goosh hit Four feet of water. My pathfinder's just oh my God. drudging through this stretch of, and, and the water's coming over top of my my vehicle, and it's just coming over the top, and the headlights go out, and and Stone looks at me and just don't stop, because <laughs> I said, what do I do? What do I do? He goes, don't stop, keep driving. So I just gunned it. Boom, we made it through. We got up on this this little bridge, and. Um, and so it was like high ground, right? Okay. But the bridge, the water's just gushing underneath this bridge. And we get up there. I'm like, okay, good. We look ahead of us and the whole road is a river. Whole road's a river. So I'm like, oh, this is not good. We have gear, gear in the in the truck. You know, we were planning on going out there and shooting the next day. So we're right. going to spend the night and then shoot the next day. And man, we got to the point where the water started coming over the bridge. And I thought my Pathfinder was going to get swept away. We were making a plan to put the gear 
all the cameras, lenses, everything you had over our heads, and trudge out of there. And and there, how, there were how cows drowning in the field, dude. There were cows going. <laughs> oh, They're like crying out for help, and no. we're like, little buddy, we can't help no. you. Yeah, it was weird. And they were like stuck in this, in this field. And, Maybe they were just stuck in really deep mud. But that night, we ended up. Uh, Stone ended up getting his hammock out and stringing it across the bridge. And I went and got my hammock and we strung them across the bridge. And we spent the night out on that bridge in our hammocks because we were trapped. We were stuck. And the water just kept rising up over top of the bridge. And, and finally, it ended up going down, luckily, once we realized that it was going down. So hold on, hold on, We put up on. our hammocks and got kind of— You stayed out on the bridge? Yeah, we slept on the bridge in our hammocks. So we like literally strung, strung them the- from the beams— of the bridge and then looped them in between. So we were, our we were dangling above water. That's going to become that like an overnight sensation. Coming People over are going to start hammocking on bridges across the U.S. <laughs> Don't do that because you'll get hit by a car. Um, <laughs> nobody was driving on this road. But that night, I just kept feeling like, man, we're being, something is weird. Like I felt just. Felt an energy? I, not an energy, just more like being watched. Uh, there was really? these fireflies. I don't know if anybody's ever seen. They're not like the fireflies I grew up with. They're, they 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 blink really fast. They're not. It's not a yellow light. It's more like a bright white light. And there were like a million of these things all up in the trees, and they were putting on a show for us. They were sinking up, and it, it was wild. So we're in our hammocks, laying, watching all these fireflies, and I'm like hearing noises, and I'm just like getting this really strange feeling. So I've never seen a Bigfoot. I would never claim to have, but there is times in the woods where you are in a situation where you're, maybe your imagination's going wild, and you, you're, you know, in a, you, you have fear, and your mind just kind of plays tricks on you. So well, there probably was nothing at all in the woods, but it was kind of a cool in, uh, in that setting feeling. Oh, I bet. Yeah. In that setting, you know, with the with the time of day, you get into the night and it's dark and there's shadows and you start getting into that light play. And especially yeah. depending on what the moon and the stars do. I mean, it could be bright out to where that could make it kind of change that cast over time. Yep. It plays tricks on your eyes. Yep, it absolutely In does. In the darkness, you're looking at something, you finally get two inches away from it and you can read it or see it. Oh, yeah. So I think... I don't know if that's almost like it's just a natural. I would have been freaked out to be in the middle of that. Yeah, it was. I mean, number one, I thought my car was going to get swept away by a river. It's or a lot this, of levels of fear. This going little on there. brook. Normally, you yeah. go across that, and we were a mile away from the Buffalo Ranch, so we were there, dude. That's the next very day, ominous. When the water went down, we drove two minutes to the Buffalo Ranch. So we were there. We show up at like 8 o'clock in the morning, and and uh, Cynthia's like, hey, what are you guys doing? How did you get in? Because they know that, that we're dumb. We should have never went that night. <laughs> that area floods. Like most of those ravines in, in Ohio, they just, you know, not to be driving around when it's raining like that, and right. we're dummies. So I've we been there. went ahead, and so they were just so baffled that we were there that morning, and they're like, where'd you guys come from? We're like, oh, we, you know, we just spent the night on the bridge down there. And they're like, what? Hold on. You spent the night on the bridge? It's like, yeah, we had our hammocks, and we just what else are you gonna spent do? the night. Um, and it, it was uh, definitely an adventure, uh, strange time. But ending with that, it's, you know, the – 
again, sightings, people's eyewitness accounts, people see weird things at night. They it's do. It's a fear element to it. There's, um, But I will say some of these sightings are pretty credible to me. What do you think, Bob? I mean, we can wrap this up. I mean, I was not a big, last feelings of after a this Sasquatch one. proponent for a long time. We, when we were kids, we always like you had a song in high school, yeah, about Bigfoot when we were driving through Tennessee that you had made up when we were driving to uh, I liked it as a cop, uh, it, a topic of conversation right. and, and kind of a, <laughs> a, a playing thought of daydreaming about it. But I got, I have to say, honestly, I never entertained that that it was real, it was. You thought it was just... It's just like anything else. You start to hear too many occurrences, and I know that doesn't equate to truth or, you know, real, real data. But, I mean, from... It's it's got me leaning. I mean... Now that you've dug into it a little bit. I'm closer to believing that Sasquatch is real in in a big way. As a kid, I knew about Bigfoot. I was obsessed with it. That was kind of one of the first, like, ghost Bigfoot. When you're, if you're into weird stuff like I am, you kind of get introduced to really simple stuff. Bigfoot, ghosts, UFOs, boom. That's kind of the first three that when you dip your toes into. So I had heard of the Patterson-Gimlin film and, um, you know, a a lot of the famous sightings that were, you know, maybe done on Unsolved Mysteries or one of those. Those kind of early paranormal shows, and uh, but it wasn't until Monster Quest when um, Mister uh, the guy that we talked about earlier, um, Don Don oh, Keating, Don uh, he was on Monster Quest on the History Channel, and they were analyzing his white Bigfoot video that he had captured. Um, it's really tough. I, I I watched it, and it's it's who knows. It's it's rough footage. Again, um, it's one of those. I I think I'm gonna have to. I hate to have put it this way, but I I might have to have my own encounter to get me to a hundred percent. I mean, to, yeah. Other other than proof, you know, other than again a Sasquatch wandering in and staying or Ohio Bigfoot Conference, August 2020. We might have our opportunity. That sounds like a great shot. Yeah, I well, would I would do that. I'll come out and live stream that. Yeah, that'd be fun. Be a good one for the strange crew. Go out there and help out the Ohio Bigfoot Conference. Camp out and look for Bigfoot. Yeah, they go on hikes too. They go on hunts. So there's a culture here. So what I'm trying to say is I've heard about all these stories around everywhere else. It's just like mounds and earthworks for me. I went to Chichen Itza, the Temple of Kukukan, Chaco Canyon, all these ancient sites and had never been to and didn't realize – that we had our own right amazing monuments and ruins here in Ohio right. and had barely been to this, uh, the Shrum Mound was the only one that was kind of the first one that I went to back in like 2011. Yeah. And this is the same thing. You have all these other Bigfoot legends. So you're I saying dig no in clue. here. I had no clue about yeah. the Ohio Grassman Minerva until Monster. 2006 Cedar Ball, when man. Monster Quest had yeah. um, uh, Mr. Keating on. And... It, so from that point, I kind of started learning a little bit more, but it, it's it's cool. We have all of this weird stuff merging into these Ohio River Valleys, and uh, I appreciate it so much more. Um, Absolutely. You know, as I get older, kind of the weird – Ohio is just a strange kind of weird place. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's about all I got for this one, man. I agree. It was a really fun one. 
Uh, yeah, the, the research cool part of it has has been exciting. Um, Didn't know there was this many versions of yeah. Sasquatch and Grassman <clears throat> and Bog Monster and, and, and trying to weed through the the different uh, var- variations, if yeah. you will, of of uh, these creatures, beings, whatever you want to call them. Um, Again, if anybody has, yeah, their own sighting story, yeah, anecdote. If you know any kind of intel on Sasquatch or where to find them, yep, good spots, yeah, let us know. Get a hold of us. Keep following us. Um, keep looking out for us on Crowdcast at the Strange Road. Watch out for us on Instagram at the Strange Road across all of our platforms. Um, I'm gonna be, uh, you know. Looking out for you guys, and uh, we appreciate any followers, listeners. Um, if you guys are yeah. digging what we're doing, yeah, let uh, us know. We really appreciate it. And uh, this was a fun one, Bub. We got more. Yeah, we got absolutely. More to come. Uh, like I said, stay tuned, yeah. and uh, we'll keep them coming. Thanks, guys. This was the Strange Road Detours with Mikey and Bub signing See off. You guys, peace.